In this episode, I catch up with Tommy Makinjola, most popularly known as the vegan Nigerian. A passionate foodie and cookbook author boasting almost 30,000 Instagram followers, Tommy has become a go-to source for flavorful plant-based meals. We explore the motivation for her approach to veganism. You know, I was born and raised in Lagos, Nigeria. Grew up eating home-cooked, flavorful meals. And um, I didn't see my transition into vegan as a reason to give up on any of that. Her latest book. When you dig into the health benefits of the ingredients as well, you start to realize that, wow, we are a nation that is so blessed. And of course, her top three African superfoods. I'll also be announcing details on this week's giveaway, where one lucky listener will get a copy of Tommy's latest cookbook. The Vegan Nigerian Kitchen, which features a hundred classic Nigerian recipes reimagined through a plant-based lens. I'm your host, Dr. Yemsi Bokini, and welcome to the Food Clinic Podcast. The Food Clinic Podcast is powered by the Royal Society of Chemistry. Tommy is a graduate of the University of Oxford, an award-winning vegan chef and writer and content creator behind the brand The Vegan Nigerian a platform dedicated to making African cuisine and the vegan lifestyle accessible to members of her community and beyond. Her work with The Vegan Nigerian has been featured on the likes of the BBC, BuzzFeed, Bustle and Arise TV. Okay, Tommy, um, many thanks for joining us on the Food Clinic podcast. It's a pleasure to have you here today. Thanks for having me. Excited. Uh, so you are popularly known as the vegan Nigerian, right? So many years ago, I understand it's nine years ago, you decided to go vegan. And yeah. one thing I found incredibly fascinating by reading your story and seeing some of your work is that you are determined to sort of go vegan your way, to incorporate the use of flavors and ingredients that you are very much used to growing up. Tell me a bit about how deliberate you were about about that and a bit about your journey of going vegan. Mm, Yeah, thank you for the question. So as you said, I went vegan nine years ago. It's been almost a decade, which I can't believe myself. And in terms of what led me on the path to going vegan, I would say it was multifaceted. Initially, I would say the health benefits really spoke to me, first of all. Um, And this was before I even did any in-depth research into the benefits of a vegan diet. I think just based on instinct, um, I I was in a period of time in my life where I was suffering from low energy levels and sluggishness, poor digestion. And I put two and two together and thought there has to be some connection with the way I'm eating and looking after myself. So food was the first thing I focused on. And I cut off animal products, tried it out for a week just to see how I would feel. And I was very, very surprised with the results, you know, just in terms of waking up, feeling more energized, having a bit more clarity during my day, my digestion suddenly starting to improve. Um, And so that was really the first spark that led me down this path of researching what veganism was all about. And so the more I dug into it, the more, of course, I learned about the benefits to the animals as well, the planet around us, the environment, um, and then obviously learning a a little bit more about how it could impact my own personal health. So once I put all of that together, it 
there was no turning back because for me, it was like once I knew the information I knew, I couldn't unknow it. I couldn't unsee some of the documentaries that I had watched. I couldn't unsee the articles and the books that I had read. And so that was it for me. I just convinced myself this was what I wanted to do. And then, like you said, obviously going vegan, uh, I would say the examples of veganism that I saw around me at the time were very, uh, how can I say, one-dimensional. There was a very specific way to be vegan. There were people who did yoga and who drank green juices and who ate salads. And I didn't really identify with that sort of um, lifestyle or culture. You know, I was born and raised in Lagos, Nigeria, grew up eating home-cooked, flavorful meals. And um, I didn't see my transition into vegan as a reason to give up on any of that. And that was when I began to just slowly but surely um, modify a lot of the recipes that I was familiar with. And the vegan Nigerian was born from there. Yes. And I feel like, you know, you've definitely certainly inspired many to not, not only go vegan, but to appreciate those ingredients even more. Um, I feel like, you know, you know, you obviously have a track record of doing that. You have an entire book on recipes for plantain, right? Um, yeah. so, so you are, you are determined to do that. And your latest book, your latest book, which I have a copy, I will be doing a giveaway on, and I thoroughly enjoyed the vegan Nigerian kitchen. Um, I was incredibly just impressed with the amount of detail that you had done on the ingredients and and different cuisines from different regions of Nigeria. Um, Mm -hmm. So I suppose that's why I thought it would be be great to have you here to speak a bit about why you're very deliberate with keeping hold of those flavors that you mentioned, keeping a hold of insights on, on, on those ingredients and why is why were you determined to have that as part of your journey even now right you've written a whole Mm. book on it so why why that why that yes for me you know I'm incredibly proud of where I come from I'm incredibly proud of the foods that I was raised on because even from an early age I knew that a lot of it was healthy a lot of it was good for the body obviously sometimes depending on the methods you use for cooking it that does matter as well But Nigeria, we are blessed with like an abundance of so many amazing plant ingredients. And in fact, I would say up until the point when I went vegan, I don't think I was even aware of the variety we had. Because when you're eating a predominantly meat-heavy diet, sometimes the danger is to slip into eating the same old foods over and over again. You know, you've got your chicken and your meat, they're like central to the dish. And then maybe you have the veggies on the side, you know, as an afterthought in a way. And so going vegan obviously flipped that whole thing around for me. All of a sudden, I found myself cooking more plant-heavy meals. And so the more I started to discover the wealth of ingredients that we have, the more I felt that more people need to know about it. So I do what I do because I'm passionate about letting people discover what Nigerian food is all about, West African food. Um, I'm passionate about putting it on a map in a sense, um, because there are just, you know, as you probably saw in the book, the list is incredible. And when you dig into the health benefits of the ingredients as well, you start to realize that, wow, we are a nation that is so blessed and um, we, we do need to shine a light, a spotlight on many of these things. Um, and so that's really what the book was about. It's sort of a love letter to my love of Nigerian food. I wanted it to be um, the sort of resource that anybody can pick up anywhere in the world. 
and you get an immediate snapshot of what Nigerian cuisine is all about. And so because for me, I'm Yoruba, my parents are from the Western side of Nigeria, that's the food I'm used to. But um, going on the journey of writing this book kind of took me all over Nigeria. You know, dishes from the North, dishes from the East, which all pleasantly surprised me. Um, and I think that anyone who picks up the book will also be pleasantly surprised and hopefully encouraged to explore beyond maybe what they already know, you know, so yeah. And definitely, and even, you know, even me myself, I'm definitely trying out some of the recipes and being very deliberate about getting some of the ingredients that you mentioned. A lot of them are readily available and we just walk past them and you might, you know, instead of using some of the, you know, African spices that are listed, you might just get a stock cube, right? And <laughs> just use that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, being aware of of many of the, the benefits of these spices, their origins and, and just how important their flavors are to making a truly authentic dish. You know, you're, you're inclined to just pick that up instead because a lot of them are readily available, even in, you know, in London, wherever you are, any major sort of diverse city, they're readily available um, in abundance. So um, I think you've done a, a great piece of work, um, this book, and, you know, I, I feel like you can bring more ingredients to the fore. Every other year we hear about the latest African superfood. But, um, you know, your, your book is full of um, insights of many spices and grains and things like that. So I do hope um, people tuck in. Um, so tell us a bit about, uh, you know, initially you mentioned that initially you were thinking you went vegan because of the health benefits as well as some of the animal welfare aspect of things, right? Yeah. Um, and you wanted to make it truly authentic to you and, and your experience and your background. Tell us a bit about um, what this journey has been like and perhaps some of the people who have reached out to you and who've been inspired by your journey and what you hope to be able to continue to do by sharing um, insights on your journey. Mm. So this journey for me has been, in one word, incredible. You know, it's opened so many doors and opened so many avenues, even speaking just in terms of my career, in terms of the people I've met, the friendships I've made, uh, the things that I get to do now, you know, on a daily basis, it's impacted so much of my life. Um, when I first started the blog, it was meant to be anonymous, actually. I didn't really want anyone to know that I was the one behind it. I focused only on the recipes. Um, and then I had the opportunity to do an interview. And it was the first time where I thought to myself, wow, so there are people out there beyond my close friends and family who would care about this, in a sense. Um, and that started to sort of open up what the vegan Nigerian was all about. So, you know, I, I started obviously with the recipes and then I went on to do more activities like cooking demonstrations, cooking workshops, obviously going on to write the cookbooks. I did a little bit of catering as well, um, pre-pandemic. And so it's it's been one of those things where I just, I'm constantly surprised at the things that come up on the along the way, on the journey, and the people that I meet, you know, because uh, you would think that choosing a title like Vegan Nigerian will automatically lead to things like ridicule or like... Uh, maybe insults even, the, the internet can be a crazy place sometimes. But it's been really interesting to see that more and more Nigerians are actually beginning to 
how do I say it, like warm to the idea of incorporating certain principles of veganism and the plant-based lifestyle into their own lives as well. Um, I've had people tell me that they are going vegan based on what they've seen and how um, by me sharing the content that I do, it makes it feel doable and accessible. Um, it kind of demystifies a lot of the misconceptions that we have around veganism, that it's a lifestyle of uh, lack of abundance, suffering, you know, lack of flavor. flavor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All of those things. And so when people see what's possible, they're like, OK, I can actually do this. I can try this. And for those who don't want to go full on vegan, maybe few times a week they reduce their meat intake they use dairy alternatives they you know experiment with different recipes uh, use nitrogen ingredients in ways that maybe they haven't used it before um, and that's probably one of the things I love the most about what I do is the feedback that I actually get from people um, along the way who tell me that what I'm doing actually you know has some value because we all, we all like to hear that sometimes with what we do, right? We want to know that it's impacting someone in some kind of positive way. And I really feel like the Vegan Nigerian now and hopefully in the future will continue to have that sort of impact on people's lives. Mm, definitely. And um, so before we wrap up, I'm really wanting us to dig a bit deeper into the ingredients, right? So as I, I've mentioned to listeners, the wealth of information that you've put about ingredients in the book a lucky listener will get a copy as well um, and I hope many of you actually buy a copy as well but um let, let's talk about the ingredients right so tell us you know your three your three favorite African superfoods right now right so I'm wanting you to do a spice a grain and a vegetable right so let's Ooh. let's start whichever whichever way you want to go through okay. them Tell us a bit about why you, why you like it and and some of the health benefits and and how you came to came to you know to find it essentially. Sure, sure. So this was really tough for me for me because you know as being a foodie, I I just love everything. <laughs> um, but if I if I had to pick, um, I picked based on actually the ingredients that really fascinated me. Um, at the moment and the ones that I'm using a lot in my cooking currently. So if we want to start with a spice, for instance, I'm going to go a little bit um, off base because some people might not even consider it a spice, but I do. Um, and that is iru, also known as locust beans. Um, it comes from the locust bean tree, um, as you may know. And it's uh, the seeds are fermented. They have this really earthy, musky uh, scent and flavor to it. And I love to use it in my soups and stews. I mean, uh, anyone who grew up eating Eforiro, for instance, will be really familiar with Iru because it's like one of the main central ingredients in that dish. And um, there's no denying that once you add it in there, it completely transforms it. And just for to me. add, Eforiro is essentially a vegetable-based dish, essentially veg yes. veggies and yeah. Yes, um, it's so like a vegetable yes. stew, one pot stew kind of thing, yes. So adding the uru in there, fresh, 
is is amazing. Um, I'm able to find it really easily here in London, actually. But sometimes uh, when I have family members come in from Nigeria, they've also brought some for me to use, which is also really great. Um, and then another thing to mention about Iru is that um, it's used across different parts of Nigeria, actually, but um, there are slight variations in the way it's processed. So, for instance, if you go up north, uh, you will find dawa dawa, which is essentially still locust beans, but it's fermented for a shorter period of time. And so you don't get as much of the intense flavor as iru, um, but it, the notes are certainly still there and they, they are amazing in a dish. You, all you need to do to use it, I mean, you can add the locust beans whole in your food if you want, and you don't mind having a little bite of it when you eat, or you can mash it into a paste so that it dissolves into the dish. And that's another way to enjoy it. So that would be like my spice flavor thing. <laughs> and then um, the grain that I'm really, really fascinated by recently is Fonio, also called Acha mm. in Nigeria. Yes. yes. Mm. I mean, before writing this book, I didn't even know that Fonio was part and parcel of what we cultivated in Nigeria. Because yeah, and it's you um, know it's very popular in you know Senegal. It's an African grain. It's yes. being held as one of the latest superfoods right now. So I know, yeah. I know, and I'm like, why am I only just like discovering and cooking with it? You know, at this stage in my life, but here we are. So, Fonio, for those who don't know, um, it's actually technically a seed, but it's treated as a grain in terms of its use, the way it's it's uh, cooked, the way it's served. And Fonio is full of wonderful B vitamins, B1, B3. Um, it contains a good amount of iron, phosphorus, and essential amino acids, um, which as a vegan is very important to me, obviously, because protein is one of those questions I get asked about. Oh, are you getting enough protein? What about your essential amino acids? And Fonio is a really great source of that. I also love the versatility of it, how you can use it as a sort of rice substitute, but you can also use it in a porridge. You can also blend it and use it as a flour and make bread and other pastries and things with it. So I just love at the moment exploring different ways to use it. Um, and so I would encourage everyone to go check it out, um, support um, businesses that are producing it, particularly West African companies who are sort of making it more well known now. Uh, so Fonio would be like my little grain section. Um, and then in terms of vegetables, oh, I had to think a lot about this one. Um, but one that I really like is a widu, also known as jute leaves. So that's the English name for it. Jute, yes, uh, jute mallow. Mm. yes. Yes. Now, interestingly, when I was growing up, I couldn't stand it. I couldn't stand it. <laughs> and now all of a sudden, it's like my taste buds have just completely transformed. And then... I think also just the knowledge of the health benefits as well. Um, it has a very it, green, very intense so green, green flavor. Yes. It's very like you can you eat it and you're like, okay, I know this is healthy, you know? Yeah. Um, so it has a very green <laughs> Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's a really good way to describe it, actually. <laughs> kind of like a grassy flavor, right? Yes, exactly. Yes, yes. yes. Mm. Yes. And the consistency as well when you cook it is similar to okra, which I don't mind. You know, some people don't like the sliminess, but I love that. So for me, it would do, I would say, I mean, power vegetable. 
it's got omega-3, it's got zinc, it's got it's a great source of iron as well. So for those who are anemic or you know are in need of more iron, it's a great vegetable to incorporate into your diet. Also very easily accessible nowadays, you know, even abroad in London and big major cities. Um, and so yes, that, that would be my my third ingredient. <laughs> yes, definitely. And you know, if you, if you do live in a diverse city, you know, born and raised in London myself, and it, there's never been a time where I could never find, my mom could never find me with you. And I feel like, yes. you know, that's, that's one of the beauties of the world we live in now. Like pretty much all the ingredients you mentioned are easily accessible, um, mm-hmm. whether it's from a market, local market, a local store, um, or, you know, online and, uh, you know, so everyone sort of has the opportunity to learn about these ingredients and incorporate them in their lives. And I feel mm-hmm. like that's a, that's a great thing. That can be a good thing. It is. Yes. Yeah, be a very good thing. Well, um, Tommy, it's been a pleasure having you on the podcast. Um, really excited to try out some of those uh, recipes. And I'm sure people will be um, really grateful for some of the information and insight you've shared on, on some of your favorite superfoods. So thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. This week's giveaway is a copy of Tommy's latest book, The Vegan Nigerian Kitchen. And to be in with a chance of winning, make sure you're subscribed to our weekly newsletter. If not, head over to our website at dryemisi.com and do that right now. Next Wednesday, you'll receive a link and all you have to do is answer the following question. What were Tommy's top three African superfoods? The winner will be announced on my Instagram page at Dr. Yemi Sipokini next Saturday. The Food Clinic podcast is powered by the Royal Society of Chemistry.